0: Thank you, ladies, for sharing your testimonies and what God's been doing in your life. Um, God uses different avenues in our life to teach us, to grow us, to mature us in Christ. And one of those avenues is Bible college. There's various avenues. There's church, there's youth, there's your personal time, you know, in the prayer closet when nobody sees and you're just bawling your eyes out before God. He uses every avenue that God can to establish a a stronger relationship with every individual. And so... We're here, right, talking about Bible college, but in reality, it's, it's the presence of God and the presence of his word. Um, Bible college just happens to be one of those places where uh, his word is, is so saturated throughout the entirety of the two and a half hours that you're there. You know, Mondays and Thursdays, his his word, his presence, his, uh, the ideas, the revelations, they just embrace you. They envelop you, and you can think of nothing else but God and his, and his word during the time. And so that really transforms lives. That transforms lives um, and changes us from, from one being into another. It, it gives us revelation. It changes our identity. You guys uh, received, hopefully, you've received one of these cards uh, upon entry. Um, and it's just a small little card that says you are invited to, to Bible College, and it gives, us, gives you a website where you can go and register for class. Again, if you don't feel like committing, you can always come for the first day. You can come for the first week. You can fr- come for the first class. In fact, the first class is free, and you lose nothing. You literally don't even lose your time because I guarantee you, you're going to gain something. Either you're going to gain a friend. You're going to gain a, a, a brother, sister in Christ, or you're going to gain and or you're going to gain a revelation from God. So uh, please come. The first day is September 12th. If you've got your phones handy, please book it on your calendar. September 12th. This is Thursday, um, 7 p.m. Thursday. I think it's a Thursday. Is it a Monday? It's a Thursday. Um, 7pm each class is from 7pm till 1015 you get a break in, in between 15 to 30 minutes depending on the teacher where you guys can fellowship and you guys can talk to one another just uh enjoy each other's company um each class is in english so if you struggle with russian fear no more each class is in english and each class is two weeks long so if you're in school or you're on a missionary, or you've got to go somewhere, or you, you're gone for a month because you're too busy either with work or with, with classes, university or college, you can register for one class, skip one, register for another class. Um, you're not going to miss out on the entirety of the year. It's not, you can register class by class. And we, have, we offer associates in ministry and a bachelor's in ministry, so a two-year for associates, a bas- uh, four-year for a bachelor. But to be honest with you guys, It's really not about a piece of paper that the credits are transferable to a a Christian university. It's not about the piece of paper. It's about the camaraderie, the the family-like atmosphere of Bible College. And it's about a deepened relationship with God himself. So I want to invite you guys. And if you did not get one of these cards, please come up to me after church. Or I'm going to leave a stack in the back in the foyer um, on that little table. All right. Uh, This evening, I want to talk about a business term. Maybe some of you have heard of this business term, maybe you guys haven't, ROI. Raise your hand if you've heard of this, ROI. What does it stand for? What does it stand for, Stan? Okay, all right. Does anybody know what it stands for, ROI? Go ahead, in the back. Return Return on Investment, that's right. Return on Investment. And although it's a business term and it's used very often in business, um, I want to remind each one of us that we here, everybody that is sitting, standing, walking around, every human being is an investor. It's not just a financial investment though because there's so many different aspects and facets of life that we invest into. We are all investors, right? We invest our time. We can invest our time into school, into friends, into our careers, right? And a lot of times, we will give back what we invest. So if we invest into school, we're putting towards our education. We're taking countless hours studying for a test, studying for a class. What do we gain from it? Do we gain something? Yes, of course, we gain knowledge. We gain understanding of that one subject, of that one topic. So we're trading our time. We're investing our time, but at the same time, we are getting something in return. Same with friendship, right? We're investing into a friendship, but we're getting a friend back. Nobody here spends a lot of time with someone they really dislike. Am I right? You, well, you spend time with someone that is reciproc- reciprocating in their friendship with you. So if you are a friend to them and you spend time on the phone, texting, you guys hang out, you, you just spend time together, your relationship grows. Why? Because they also invest into you into your friendship, career same thing goes for a career the more time you spend in your career in your job in your field the more you get back from that job from that field right maybe you get you get a paycheck maybe you get experience but whatever it is we're all investing into something and we'll get return we invest money right maybe not all of us maybe some of us maybe we will right we invest money into business into the stock market into even material things right When we think about return on investment, we think, okay, I put $500 into a stock portfolio, I get $500 back, or $300, right? And we're like, oh, that was a good return on investment, good ROI. How about material things? Is there a return on investment on material things? Which we do spend money on, right? We buy shoes, we buy cars. The moment we take a car off the dealership lot, it loses thousands of dollars in its value. So if you think about it from a financial perspective, oh, your return on investment was terrible. You lost money the moment you took that car off the dealership lot. But what we don't, uh, don't, don't always appreciate is the fact that the satisfaction we get from investing into something we like, right? Even if it's a materialistic item, even if it's clothes, right? You, you put money into it, you don't get any money back, but you get satisfaction. You can enjoy that car. It's, it's a reliable car for a long time. Um, you like the look of it, whatever it may be. My point is, there is a return on investment on everything. It just depends on how you look at it. Some of those return on investments are financial. Some of those return on investments are time. Other times, we will invest our energy. If we don't have time or if we don't have money, we'll invest our energy into our projects, into our hobbies, into ideas, even into ministry, right? We'll we'll invest that energy into those aspects of life, and they will bring us a return. And I want to go as far as to say we invest our thoughts. And we give back what we invest in our mind, right? We will think about life. We'll contemplate marriage. We'll contemplate the person we love. We'll um, think about success. We'll think about growth. Whatever it may be, when we're constantly thinking about those things, we are getting closer and closer, and it's becoming more real in our life. It's becoming more real in our mind. So with that being said, I want us to understand that we are all investors. We all invest something into something. And we always invest get something in return and that's gonna bring me to the the parable about investing if you guys open up with me Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 through 30 I'm gonna read this whole passage for us for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property again this is a parable of the kingdom of heaven This master that we see in this parable is the figure of God in our life, is the figure of Christ. Christ is our master. So he entrusted to them his property. He gave them something. Verse 15, to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one, to each according to his ability. I want to make a pause right here. God oftentimes gives us, right, talents according to our ability. What will happen is we'll look at our neighbor and say, hey, God, I only got two talents. She got five. Why does she get five? Or, God, I only got one talent. Why does he get two? We'll compare ourselves to other people, or maybe we have five and it's too much to handle. We say, God, you gave me so much responsibility. You gave me so much talents. This person only has one. The idea here is that the master, our God, knows our ability, and he gives us according to our ability. But we're never capped at the amount of... Um, talents that we're entrusted with if we're given five we can bring five more if we're given two we can bring two more if we're given one we can bring one more but then there's always growth and there's always reinvestment let's keep reading then he went away verse 16 he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he and he made five talents more and so also he who had two talents made two talents more but he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money now after a long time the master of these servants came and settled accounts with them and he who had received five talents came forward bringing five talents more so now he has ten he was given five now he has ten saying master you delivered to me five talents here i have made five talents more his master said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over little, over little. Five talents is little. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. I won't set you over little again. I'm not going to give you a little bit again and test you again. I'm going to set you over much. And he also had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, well, it's only just two talents. I mean, you Couldn't have done anything better, really? You got two more? No. See, his response here is identical to the one with the five talents. He says, Master, you have delivered to me. Um, And the master says, well done. The same response, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathered where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful, lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Like, really? You knew that? How did you know that? Then you ought to have um, invested my money with the bankers, and at the coming I should have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one that has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. A couple more thoughts from this passage. It doesn't matter if you have five talents, or two, or one, because your master will be satisfied with you according to your investment, not according to the amount of talents you had. Whether you had five and you brought five, or you had two and you brought two, or you had one and you brought one. We are all going to get the same response from God. He's going to say, hey, Andre, I gave you two talents. You gave two more? That's awesome. Come into into the presence of of my joy, of the master's joy. I'll give you more. I'll give you more. He who is faithful in the little will be faithful over the much. Luke 16.10, if we can bring this up on the screen. 16.10, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest is very little is also going to be dishonest in much. God tests us by giving us talents and abilities. And these talents in this parable, right, they're financial, it's money, it's investing money. But the principle is still true that these talents that God gives us could be character traits, they could be our abilities, they could be actual real talents. Like you got a talent to sing, or you got a talent to encourage other people, or you got a talent to preach or you got a, a talent to minister, or you got a talent to, to cook, whatever it may be, God always gives his talents to, to each one of us. And that's why it's really important for us to actually look at the talents that God gives us and not to the talents of our neighbors saying, hey, my neighbor can, can, can sing really well. I can't sing. So what am I going to do for the church? Well, maybe you're a powerful encourager that you can really uplift someone and save them from suicide. Whereas this person can sing all their life and they're never going to be able to prevent someone from committing suicide, whereas you can But see, if we focus on other people's abilities and other people's talents, we're never going to be able to see what God has given us. And we're never going to be able to multiply that. And so God's really concerned with us focusing on our talents, not burying it, not burying it on the ground saying, you know what, God, you gave me the ability to to sing. You gave me the ability to teach or you gave me the ability to preach or you gave me the ability to encourage. Or maybe you're financially really wealthy and God gave you the heart to give. And he wants you to become generous, but you're a little bit too stingy and you don't want to become generous, right? God gave you the ability to work and make a lot of money, and God wants you to use that money for his glory. He wants you to invest that into his kingdom, not to bury that. And say, you know what, God, you gave me this whole life, and I'm just going to bury my life. And at the end of my life, when when I come before you, I'm going to say, you know what, God, I knew stuff about you that aren't real. Because that's, uh, that's, that's what this servant did. He said, you know, I, I, I thought you were a hard man. You didn't reap where you sowed. You, you, you weren't a good guy. And God said, and the master said, really? You knew that? Like how? We just read, come into um, the joy of the master. You can't have joy in the master's presence that the master is, is a hard man or a lazy man or a bad person. You can't. And so let that be an encouragement for us to realize that we have talents and to invest them. Let's keep going on this investment theme, right? If we look at Galatians 6-7, the idea is that whatever you invest, whether you invest into your family, or you invest into your friends, or you invest into school, whether you invest into ministry, or church, or friendship, or your children, or um, Whatever it may be, just think, think about all the things where you can put your money, time, or energy, or thoughts towards. That thing will grow. There's a, compound inter- there's a compounding effect on things that are invested into. Most millionaires in the world have become millionaires, not overnight because they have created some kind of NFT that all of a sudden, boom, that's some. Yeah, there's outliers. There's some people that make a lot of money on one YouTube video because it goes viral. Most people become financially wealthy with little, small investments that compound over time. Most good relationships and families are compounded with small, little I love yous. Take out the trash, change the baby's diaper, go out, uh, you know, the extra mile, bring her coffee. Little things that make you say I love you will build that relationship. Relationship. It's not the one time, in a, that once in a year vacation that all of a sudden you spend all this time with your spouse and and now it's all quality time, let's go on walks, let's go on a date, let's go to the restaurant for one week. That's not going to make a powerful relationship. What's going to make a powerful, solid, strong relationship is the very small 15, 20, 30 minutes a day that you invest into each other, that you invest into your kids, that you infre- invest in your friends. I mean, let's be real. Does anyone here have a good, good, really good friend that you talk to once a year? Raise your hand. Once a year. You talk to them once a year. But you talk to them for literally eight hours straight. You share with them everything. It just doesn't happen. What about, do you guys have friends that you talk to like literally every day, but it's like 15, 20 minutes a day. It's like texting or it's calling. It's compounded 15, 20 minutes a day. You have a much stronger relationship. Why? Because it's a, you're investing time into the person little by little, little by little. Galatians 6, 7 says this. Do not be deceived. Because oftentimes we are deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Whatever you invest, sow, when you plant, whatever you invest, that is what you're going to get. So if you invest into family, into career, are you going to get something other than what you invest? Do not be deceived, you will not. If you invest hard work into, let's say, a, a job or a career or a field and you're, you're sweating for 15 hours a day, you're really putting in a lot of effort, are you going to re- receive the fruits of your labor or are you not? You will. You will because what you sow, that you will reap. If you sow a good relationship, encouraging words, a lot of time with your friend, are you going to have a good friend or are you going to have a bad friend? You're going to have a good friend. You're going to have a good friend. So. Let's keep that in mind. Whatever we invest in, it grows. It compounds over time. Whether we're given five talents, whether we're given two, or we're given one. If we trickle, if we invest, if we continue to put our time, our thoughts, our energy, our mind into that thing, it will grow, it'll compound, and it will double. And one more thought that I wanted to share about this parable of the uh, investment of these servants is that there may be an individual, a neighbor, that has five talents, and it's very visible. I mean, these guys or girls, they're, they're, they're out there, they're so open with everybody, they make friends left and right, and they're able to speak, and they're, able to, they're, they're uh, successful in life and successful in everything that they do, and you look at them, you're like, man, this person, I can never compare to them, and you, you're the one person that has that one talent. Well, all it takes is that one person to not invest the five talents, and he'll just keep his five, he'll bury his five. But if you've got one and you invest that one, you're going to have two. When you have two and you invest those two, how much are you going to get? Four. When you have that four and you keep investing that four, how much are you going to get? Eight. And it's going to grow. And there's, it's just a matter of time where your, um, your talents are going to surpass that of someone that you knew um has a lot and so i say this not for our pride not because oh you know what i'm going to invest um just so i can get better so i can get one up on my neighbor i i I can become um you know more successful or wealthy or have more things it's not even about that again this is not your property If if we read in the beginning it says uh he entrusted to them his property So everything that you're capable of today is not your property. You can't claim it and say, you know, this is Andre Incorporated. Whatever I've done in my life is because of me. I'm successful. I'm good, right? No, you can't say that. Everything that you own is not your property. Your abilities are given to you, and they're given to you for the glory of God, okay? And they're given to you to reinvest and to grow. With that, I want to call us to invest into wisdom. Invest into wisdom. Proverbs 4, seven says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs 4 4.7. 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. It is the foundation. It is the thing upon which you build your life. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all of your getting, with all of your getting, get understanding. All of your getting. So whether you... Sleep, whether you read books, whether you watch sermons, whether you're talking to your friends, whether you're um, listening to podcasts, whether you're reading scripture, whether you're working, whatever you're doing, try to get wisdom and understanding from all of those things. When you go to church, oftentimes, yes, it happens, you almost feel like you get nothing from church. But I want to encourage you guys, try to listen Try to listen for one idea, one key thing that you can take and can become your pearl, it can become something precious, can become a seed that will spring in your heart that will grow into something bigger. Look for those things. Look for wisdom. Look for understanding. If I was to translate this um, Old Testament uh, proverb into, into a New Testament uh, proverb, I would probably say it would go something like this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all of your getting, get um revelation get revelation revelation from god understanding oftentimes when we read scripture um we we read we can read the whole bible once and then the next time we read it we read exactly the same place and all of a sudden we understand it differently and for us it opens up anew that we call a revelation I think understanding and revelation sometimes in Scripture can be very synonymous to each other. When we understand the Scripture, when we understand God and how He works in our life, we get a revelation. And so when we seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, when we seek the wisdom of God, the wisdom that's in this book here, right, not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of God, when we seek this wisdom, we get to know the heart of Jesus, get to know the heart of God, we can get more understanding we can get more revelation. And that understanding and revelation, revelation is going to be driving our life. Proverbs, Proverbs 6.16 says this, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver? Again, we, get, we go back to this wisdom. And I want to ask you guys, does anyone have a definition for wisdom? Can anybody give me a definition for wisdom? Go ahead. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So fearing God is, is, is the precursor to becoming wise, to gaining wisdom. I would add a little bit to a, a, a little bit of an explanation to that. When we fear God, we despise evil, and it says that in in, uh, in Proverbs. It says. Um, the fear of the Lord is despising evil. When we despise evil, when we seek God, not the things of the earth, not the things of our own, not the flesh things, not the evil things, the things that are of God. When we seek those things, we, that instills fear that the fear is to not do what's contrary to God's heart, not, not to do what's contrary to God's mind. But then when we get the wisdom, wisdom is basically knowledge, at least in my, in my understanding. Knowledge that's applied. Oftentimes, we will get a lot of knowledge in our life. We'll come to, to services. We'll, we'll go to Bible college. I see this all the time. We have a lot of really great students, and I love all of you guys. But there's sometimes we get these students, and I've been in Bible college for over 10 years now. We'll get these students that fill their minds with all of this information, and they're so smart. They, like, they can recite the whole scripture, and they can debate all day long, but they don't apply what they know, and they lack wisdom. They, they lack discernment. They lack insight. They lack the ability to be able to speak to another human being with love and kindness and compassion. They're, they lack the ability to be able to go out and help somebody when they're in need because there's too much information and they don't apply that information. So with the application of the knowledge, I want to reiterate how important it is To fill our mind with the knowledge of the holy, to fill our mind with the knowledge of God. To invest into wisdom is to invest into God's Word, to be saturated by His Word, to be saturated by His presence, to be saturated by people in fellowship, like minded people that will help us understand, that will give us revelation. Because when we have the revelation, we can apply the knowledge that we've learned in Scripture, apply the knowledge that we learned in Bible college, apply the knowledge that we learned in youth service, that we've learned at church, that we've learned talking to a friend. Once we apply that knowledge, we'll gain wisdom. And Proverbs 3.13 says this, Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Long life is in are in her left hand into in wisdoms. This is talking about wisdom. Long life are in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. And I want to leave you guys with this. Oftentimes we think and we feel like, you know what? I just got school. I, I'm too busy with school. I'll start my pursuit of knowing God. I'll I'll start Bible college next year. Or uh, I'm just too busy with work. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to branch out. I'm trying to do all these things in my life. It, it, it's just not the right time for me. I'll, I'll do it later. I'll start, you know, in a couple months or I'll start in a year. Or, you know, I've just got too much going on. We always try to make excuses because we think we know better than God's Word. We think we know better. And yes, we may have struggle. We may have a hard time um, making everything happen in our life. But what I want to tell you is that when you invest your time into the godly, somehow, magically, there's going to be more time. Who knows the, um, the fact that when a very high, uh, highly efficient human being, right, like maybe successful people, if they're really efficient with their time, they're capable of doing so much more. And the more they do, the more they're capable of doing. Like, Uh, There's a saying that if you want something done, give it to the one that's busy or give it to the one that's, you know, productive. Why? Because that person, he's able to efficiently utilize their time. And so I've heard it countless times, countless times from students that say, you know what? I was so busy with school. I was working a full-time job. I was going to college. Um, you know, community college part-time, and I was going to Bible college, and all of a sudden, somehow, I still had time left over. I was still capable of doing those things, and I'm the same way. When I started Bible college, I had, I was married, I had a kid on the way, I had a full-time job, um, but somehow, I was able to keep going, because God will find a way to give you more time. When you invest time, what do you get in return? You get more time. I know it sounds strange. I know it sounds uh, uh, kind of absurd, right? Well, the more time I spend in, in, in God's presence, the more st- time I spend in his word, the more time I'll have, that doesn't sound right. But I know it doesn't sound right, but that's the reality of it. I hear it from students all the time. They say, I was so much busier before I started Bible college, but once I started Bible college, it almost, it seemed impossible for me to have more time. But somehow, I was still able to get, you know, 4.0s in, in college, and I was still able to, to um, uh, spend time with my friends and with family and in church. There will be um, a blessing there. And with that, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your understanding thinking, I'm, in, I'm unable to go to Bible college. Let's, let's, just say, let's just not say Bible college. Let's say, I'm unable to put 15 minutes into prayer and reading the Bible every day. I, I can't. I can't do 30 minutes. I can't do an hour. I, I'm too busy. Don't lean on your understanding. You think that if you invest 30 minutes a day into your spirit, you're somehow going to lose that 30 minutes a day, lose 30 minutes of sleep or lose 30 minutes of of, of recreation or whatever it may be. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart because he says wisdom and understanding of God is the principal thing. It's the most important thing. So with that, I wanted to invite everybody. Invite everybody that can, that has it in their heart, maybe you don't even have it in your heart, but you're somewhat interested, please come to Bible College. Experience the difference for yourself. Experience the the family-like atmosphere. Experience the presence of God. Experience the saturation of his word. And maybe you're not going to decide to go to Bible College. I want to encourage you guys to spend more time in God's word and in prayer. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, right? It's the compound effect. It's not you reading a whole book once a month. That's not going to do you justice it's not going to be as effective as reading one chapter a day every single day for an entire month it's the compound effect that will change your life because you're constantly going to be renewing and reminding yourself of god's word and god's truth so if you've got 10 minutes five minutes for one chapter five minutes for a prayer start there but just do it consistently and you will get a return on your investment you'll get a return on your investment that's going to be growth for your spiritual person that's going to be growth in your ministry that's going to propel you in your life as a human being. So God bless you guys. Let's stand and let's pray.